Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 51 Paul, Walt, Billy, Jordan, Sam, and Ruby sat in chairs at the consoles just below the raised command platform behind them. Nobody spoke as they fidgeted the minutes away, waiting for Nicole to come back down. Their collective thoughts centered around the positives. Nicole hadn't immediately come back down, so there must be something keeping her up there. Namely, a lengthy discussion with her father about the status, both of the base and them as uninvited guests. Like a brick through a plate glass window, the silence was shattered by the four gunshots coming from Stephen Bennett's office. Sam leapt from his chair and stared at the door above. He dashed up the stairs, rifle at the ready. The others abandoned Ruby and raced after him. Paul turned and saw Billy and Jordan following. You two, stay down here with Ruby, he said. Jordan and Billy stopped. Come to me, children, come to me, Ruby said. Jordan and Billy took up position on either side of Ruby's chair as Paul raced up the stairs after the others. When he reached the top of the stairs, Sam and Walt had already burst inside. Sam took in the scene before him. Nicole was slumped over the motionless form of her father's body. Sam started to go to her, but Nicole's screams stopped him in his tracks. Get out! she said. Sam opened his mouth to say something, but words failed him. When her initial command did not remove them, Nicole's face twisted and her words came out in a snarl. Get out of here, all of you! Walt moved towards the door, nudging Paul, who was leaning into the room out of the way. Sam took a single step forward. Nicole, he said. "'Go!' Nicole said again. The ferocity of her tone rattled Sam, and he jumped, his face blanching. Slowly he turned and left the office. "'We'll be just downstairs, if you need us, Nicole,' he said, as he eased the office door closed. Nicole turned back and buried her head against her father, all senses blunted in the face of her bitter emotion. An eternity later, Nicole raised her head. She stared around her, drained from emotional fatigue. She pushed herself away from her father and stood up. Leaving her rifle on the floor, she shuffled over to the large desk, covered in papers. It wasn't like her father at all. He was always so organized, so particular about his things. A quote sprung to her mind from where she didn't know. A place for everything, and everything in its place. Amidst the chaos, she saw a sticky note on the mousepad of her father's laptop. On the note was her name. Nicole reached out and took it, the motion waking up the computer. On the screen was an open video file with a large play button below it. 
Nicole slumped down in her father's chair and stared at the screen. Finally, she moved the cursor over and started the video. An image of her father appeared. He was sitting where she was now. He looked tired and worn, his uniform disheveled. Nicole looked away, her eyes falling to the body on the floor. Fresh, hot tears welled up in her eyes. Her father's voice brought her back to the computer screen. Stephen Bennett took a breath and started to speak. This briefing constitutes the last official record of the events that led to the human extinction-level loss. Hell, we used to joke at that, but... Stephen Bennett looked away and became lost in thought for several seconds. He gathered his resolve and looked back at the camera. It started off as an effort to reduce casualties on the battlefield. I want that to be known. Science and the military were working together here to develop regenerative agents that would interrupt the death process and allow for rapid rejuvenation of life functions in the face of massive trauma. We had achieved great advances, promising advances in this regard. To say we had achieved total success would be an overstatement, and there were side effects with the early trials that warranted the R&D being conducted in this the most secret and secure of military bases. To say that every precaution was taken is not an overstatement. Everyone involved knew the risks and was fully on board with what it meant to. Stephen Bennett looked down at his hands in his lap. After a long pause, he gripped the armrest of his chair and stared back into the camera. Nicole had never seen her father like this, and it unnerved her. She kept her eyes locked on the screen. To say we got excited about the most recent results, again, is not an overstatement. Subjects that had flatlined were reanimated. That was one aspect of what we tried to accomplish. The other was enhanced unit cohesion. In the fog of war, the breakdown of unit integrity can be almost as crippling as human casualty. Colonel Bennett smirked and looked down at his hands again before continuing. Everyone at one time or another has looked at a baby and thought, Maybe even said, that baby is so cute, I could just eat them up. Our scientists posited that the notion may be a residual thought from humanity's ancient tribal ancestors. They think that it is a latent response that compels someone to want to be one with another. This, they say, is reflected in cultures who would eat some part of their prey or enemy in an effort to gain their power. In our modern culture, those serial killers that have eaten their victims are believed to have done so out of a desire to be one with them. This was all theory until we discovered the presence of certain chemicals in the brain that triggered these feelings. It was our belief that we could re-engineer those chemicals and apply them to our goal of supplementing the fighting spirit of the American armed forces with intense feelings of fidelity to the unit. Even in the face of the most extreme cases of battlefield chaos, minus the eating, of course, Care was taken that these desired effects could not be transferred to our enemies. The serum resided in the blood and gave animus to a severely injured body while maintaining extreme unit fidelity. The serum was structured in such a way that should our forces experience severe casualties in close combat, their blood could not transfer any of the animus or fidelity properties to the enemy. We were only halfway there. We realized this when the reanimated subjects showed no signs of rejuvenation. 
That is to say, we had achieved animus in the body, but not in a healing way, and certainly not in a cognitive way. All the safeguards in the world proved ineffectual in the face of what can only be called human cowardice on the part of one of the techs assigned to the specimen's lab. I want the name Private Francis Del Roney to become a byword of shame. It is to him that I lay... Stephen Bennett regained his composure and took a breath before continuing. We thought we were safe, in that the effects of the serum could not be transferred as a blood-borne pathogen. We learned too late that life finds a way. Colonel Bennett looked down at his hands again and gave only the slightest of smiles. As Nicole watched him, she too smiled forlornly, as both her and her father said, Jurassic Park, together. We had isolated the chemicals and enhanced them, without realizing that what we were dealing with was alive. Denied the ability to propagate, it found a way. It bonded with the simple bacterias found on human teeth in such a way that any bite that penetrated the skin also passed on the pathogen. As it germinated in a human host, it became highly aggressive, as was demonstrated in the lab and later in the world. What we had created was a highly aggressive subject that would reanimate in the face of death, had extreme unit integrity, and a single-minded purpose to become one with others that it tried to fulfill by eating them. It's why we seldom saw subjects moving alone. They almost always formed up in packs, moved in herds. Stephen Bennett paused and took a deep breath before continuing. That serum was created from chemicals found in the brain, and that is where it resided, spreading itself throughout the body and replenishing itself when supplies diminished through blood loss. This is why only a headshot could put them down. There were protocols in place, of course, that if followed would have ensured that the events that have now become so obvious would have never been allowed to happen. Francis Del Roney ignored those protocols and ultimately damned us all quite literally to hell. Human extinction level loss. We were able to apprehend him before he escaped Colorado, but he made it as far as actually boarding a civilian aircraft. In our hope that the project could continue, we perhaps naively assumed the breach had been contained. A short time later, we realized how wrong we were. It was only later we discovered he had made one stop prior to the airport, and perhaps beginning to exhibit the effects of the serum had spread the pathogen to his girlfriend. In any war, you draw battle lines. Those battle lines after the breach were drawn at the Colorado state lines. What was not generally known across the rest of the country was increasingly evident here in Colorado. We tried to contain the flow of information, first with media blackout, and of course later with total communication blackout to include cell tower and internet. As what we had created here wreaked havoc on Colorado, we knew the threat would flood to other states as a result of human travel and interaction. More drastic measures were taken when panic in the citizenry caused them to flee. With all air traffic grounded, civilians took to the highway. The most extreme measures were deployed in a last-ditch effort to isolate hell to Colorado. And the order was given to conduct bombing runs on outbound traffic. The United States government authorized total destructive force against its own citizens. This is what we had come to. Stephen Bennett paused and again looked down. He looked up again and attempted to straighten his ruined uniform. 
As events across the country unfolded, solidarity here within the base collapsed. In the face of that collapse, we became overrun, and the facility was lost. Perhaps it is fitting that it should be so. Why should we survive when what we attempted to do here so devastated the rest of the country and the world? Stephen Bennett looked down and paused for so long, Nicole thought the video was over. Finally, Colonel Stephen Bennett raised his head a final time and addressed the camera. My last words are reserved for my daughter, Nicole. Nicole leaned forward, her eyes large but still focused on her father. She placed her hands on both sides of the laptop as if to hold it there out of fear of it going away. Nicole, no words can express the sorrow and regret that has become my legacy. My failure of you, in my mind, is proportionate to our failures here within this mountain. My whole life I pursued my career in the national interest over that of a loving wife and daughter. When she could take it no more, your mother took you and left. But even that did not deter me from my wanton pride and neglect. When I knew what had been unleashed, I tried to get you to listen to me and come to me. But I had lost that right a long time ago. I have no way of knowing your fate. I do not deserve the comfort that comes with knowing that you may yet survive and will make it here. The base is on lockdown, and while threats still exist, it is my hope and prayer that some of what I have imparted to you will prove helpful in your survival. If you have survived to make it here, then you have been tested in the crucible of battle. Despite the loss of this facility, it still remains your best hope. When those of us as yet unaffected retreated deeper inside, I allowed certain protocols to lapse, namely the securing of the front blast door and one of the supply lift elevators, in the hopes that when you got here, you could gain access. The outer door to this command center is on automatic lockdown. If you're watching this, then you found your way around that. You're a smart girl. Perhaps in your journey, you have gathered others, and they can help you. Re-establish control here, and that will... Nicole, I am truly sorry for all that has happened. I want you to know that my last thoughts will be of you. Take what little I have given you, and survive. Had I accepted what you tried your whole life to give me, you wouldn't have to. Tears streamed down her face as she watched her father reach over and turn off the camera. The screen went dark, and Nicole wept.